Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, on today's show, we're going to explore some retirement-related questions that begin with the word when. So stick around. We're going to cover You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, been helping folks getting to and through retirement for more than 30 years. He is an independent fiduciary investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. You'll find the website at silverleaffinancial.com. Kevin's also an author. He wrote The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. And that that is a mouthful, but at the same time, it's a really wealth of knowledge and great information if you're thinking that you're going to have to deal with long-term care. And quite frankly, we are going to have to. Right, Kevin? Yes. Yeah. You know, thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, something like half the population is going to need some form of long-term care. uh, And the problem is none of us know who who it's going to be. Right. right. And and uh, so by all means, guys, go to the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Take a look at it. Uh, you just put in your name and a little bit of info and I'm happy to I can email you a digital book or I can send you the physical copy. But it's free of charge. There's no obligation. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I am a little biased as, as I co-wrote the book, but um, I think you find some very good information in there. And just like the title says, I can show you how we can reposition some assets uh, so that if you do have to pay for long term care, you can do it with tax free money. Uh, but if you don't need it, guys, you don't lose it. So it's so it's nothing you give up. You maintain control of it. It's yours. So if you never need it for long-term care, you can spend it yourself or you can leave it to a beneficiary. Uh, but definitely take a look at it because it has gotten very, very expensive. Um, and we need to make sure you've got a strategy in place in case that uh, is something you have to deal with. Yeah. All right. Good to know. And uh, again, silverleaffinancial.com is the uh, is the web, uh, the web address. And uh, so... You talk about uh, questions that begin with the word when. I like it. So I'm going to start one with you. So when's the market going to go back to normal? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good question. That's a good one question. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? Unfortunately, I, I I don't think it's going to go back to normal for quite a while, Steve. I think uh, 
Um, you know what? This week we've had another roller coaster ride. This week, you know, up three hundred, down three hundred, up three hundred. Uh, we had some really good earnings come out from the tech sector. You know, it drove it drove Meta. You know, double digit gains in one day. Uh, you know, aka Facebook. Um, and and the thing is, their announcement to me wasn't that fantastic. You know what it was is that they didn't lose money again. But they didn't just, lose money. Okay, good. Yeah, apparently it looks like the last three quarters they had a loss. Um, and so they made a profit this quarter and their revenue, I believe, jumped 3%. So why why the market justifies a double-digit gain on a 3% bump in revenue is a little surprising to me. Um, but Meta's up a 100% year-to-date. All right? Oh, my gosh. So it, And it's up now year-over-year. Uh, where the stock market, for instance, the S&P 500 is still down, I want to say roughly 5% in the last 12 months. Um, so if you guys own Meta, if you own Facebook, take a look at it. It might make sense, you know, to take a little bit of profits, maybe trim the position a little bit, um, you know, depending on your strategy, of course. But in my view, when you have such a strong gain, um, I think it's probably going to give back some of the gain is, is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but it all comes down to your individual strategy. What, you know, what, how, how much risk you want to take and things like that. So, um, but take a look at it. It's making a good move. And the other ones too, we've had good news from Microsoft, good news from Alphabet, you know, AKA Google. Uh, so those companies come out with real good numbers. And the thing is, um, if you guys remember the last few shows or a couple of shows ago, I've mentioned a few times, I believe that, that the market is looking a lot better. And, and what I'm referring to uh, is when you look at the charts, for those of you know, in, in the market, there's something called fundamental analysis. You know, when you look at earnings, revenue growth, things like that, the financials, the balance sheet, things like that. Um, but the other side of the market looks at technical analysis. And that has to do with how stocks trade and where they've previously found support, you know, and how they are trending, things like that. Um, it's far, far more complicated than that, believe me. Um, but from a technical standpoint, that's what I was referring to when I said the market is looking a lot better. And if we can hold up here above 4,000 on the S&P 500, I think maybe the worst is going to be behind us. But wow. that's, the that's the question we don't know, um, which is going to be determined by the economic data that comes out. Sure. Well, the, um, I mean, the, the, um, what is the, was it the CPI that came out this week, too? Yeah, CPI, and we had GDP as well. Oh, GDP um, too, yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know the the, the GDP report came out the same day um, as, as uh, well. The, you know, the, these earnings from these companies came out the previous afternoon after the market closed, and so the market reaction was on the same day as the GDP report came out, uh, which is gross domestic product, measure of the economy's strength, and GDP came in at one half of what econo economists were expecting. Uh, and so they were expecting 2% growth in the economy, uh, but it came in just over one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so what that tells you or what that tells us is that what the fed is doing, raising interest rates, it is slowing down the economy, which is based, you know, just that GDP report shows that in fact, slowing down more than economists had expected. Um, so hopefully that means we're coming, you know, that, uh, we're coming towards the end of this rate hike cycle and typically the bottom of the market um, is around the, the time, you know, after the last hike and maybe around the time of the first cut that historically has been a really good time to buy the market. So to me, it looks like we're, that's in the next six to 12 months. So I think that starting, you know, a long answer to the question, Steve, when, when is it going to get back to normal in the market? Uh, I think we have several more months of the craziness, uh, the, of getting whipsawed. We've got the debt ceiling fight oh, coming yeah, up. There's that going on too. Right now, now if, if these okay, and I'm I'm gonna say it, any politician that's that's a knucklehead enough to actually take this thing to the limit, 
all right, deserves to be hung out and dried, all right? They do not realize what they are playing with. I don't think, I really don't believe that some of these politicians that are fighting this, I really don't think they understand the magnitude and the gravity uh, and the impact that will have around the world if the U.S. actually should default, even looks like we're going to default on our debt. That would be horrendous, horrendous. And so I'm I'm hoping that they come to their senses or somebody can smack some sense into them and that we can get this resolved because it's totally ridiculous. Um, you got this, you got Republicans fighting it because it's Biden in the white house, whereas they approved it. No questions asked when Trump was in the white house. All right. Um, and in fact, I think they raised it two or three times while he was in office. Uh, no questions asked. All right. But you know, different guy in the office now. So now they want to fight about it. Um, personally on the debt limit, I think Congress should just eliminate it. I don't know how many times we've gone through this, what it's been, they've been raising the debt limit for how many, Dozens and dozens of times they've done this now. Oh, yeah. And it just, it, it's just a waste of time. You know, all these other issues, they get caught up in, in Washington. When if they would just fix it, get rid of the damn debt limit and focus on fixing some things, actually doing something about Social Security, maybe, or Medicare, you know, instead of the culture war BS going on. So sorry, folks, I get okay. <laughs> I a little, getting a little annoyed with these guys when we've got real issues to deal with and they're, and they're, they're and they're just ignoring them. I completely seemingly. agree. You know, so going back to that, Social Security is what I was referring to. The question that comes up all the time, the when questions is when should I start taking Social Security? That is one of the number one questions that an advisor like me hears. And and I'll tell you what, guys, it's really important that that you that you realize how Social Security works and that you know that every year you wait, you're going to get a bigger check. In fact, every month you wait, you'll get a bigger check and the growth in the Social Security benefit payment is roughly 8% per year. Now it doesn't go up the exact same amount, you know, every single year. Some years it'll increase more than others. Um, But you should go to the website for social security. If you haven't already done it, set up an account for yourself. You can get your earnings statement. You can make sure you wanna make sure that your earnings history is correct because that's what determines the amount of your social security check, all right? And, And folks, I gotta tell you a few years ago, I do this myself. Right. I go in, I set up an account with Social Security. I look at it and I looked at my earnings history and I said, wait a minute. It had an entire calendar year where it showed zero. Oh, my. Okay. And I said, I said, okay, that, I, that's definitely not true. I, I, you would have I mean, remembered I had, that. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish I had taken a year off, you know, but, um, but I did not take a year off. And, and so, and, and the thing to, to, to know, uh, guys, is that it doesn't get fixed immediately, right? This takes time to fix. It took months of me to fix it because you got sending documentation back and forth. And then it and then it got to, you know, and then the IRS, the IRS gets reports and and, and it gets very, very messy. And so you want to resolve it as quickly as you can, uh, well before you're ready for retirement, because that can increase. Like in my case, showing a zero. So just to, to remind everybody, Social Security calculates the 35 highest income years for you as an individual. And that's what determines your check. That's one part. That's one part of what determines your check. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the other part, of course, is when you claim. Um, and so, but that first part, obviously, if it's based on your earnings history, and if you have a year that shows a zero, that's going to give you a lower check, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, nobody wants that. You want all the money you're deserved to. And with and, and I think that's that's exactly what you should go for. So make sure you look at your earnings history, make sure it's accurate, that there's nothing missing. All right. And then take a look at your social security report. It'll show you how much you get at every year between 62 and 70. 
And you're going to notice, like in my case, the amount I would get at 62 is basically half of what I'll get at 70. Right. And, and it's, I mean, it's a big, big difference, guys. And so when you're looking at and you're thinking about claiming, what I suggest you do is ask yourself, what else am I getting, eight, getting a roughly 8% guarantee on, that I own? What other asset? And the answer is nothing. Okay, guys, it's nothing. Nothing that I'm aware of that's legal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no guarantee that high. You know, a 10 year treasury is barely over three and a half. You've got shorter term treasuries in the low to mid fours, right? And then, um, for instance, on fixed annuities, the highest rate I can get anywhere across the country uh, is about five and a half. And that's coming down. All right. So, and that's not an A rated company. Um, so for, for a good rated company, you're more like five to 5.1. So if you, so if the most you can see is like a 5% on other guaranteed investments, then to me, it makes me say, you know what, I should wait as long as I can before I claim my social security so that I can get a bigger check. All right. Because once you claim you will get the cost of living adjustments. Um, but if inflation takes off too much, you want to make sure you're looking at how that's going to impact your spending. Of course. Of course. And, and, and so one of the things, you know, that, uh, this generation, um, you know, this generation that we're in right now, it's really uh, the first generation to rely on private savings, um, you know, instead of having a company pension. Right. And 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 so a lot of folks, you know, they put their so it's the first generation really with the 401k, the big 401k. Right. And the thing to remember about your 401k and your IRA is that they don't generate steady, predictable, guaranteed income like a pension or Social Security. Right. And so the result is that a lot of the population, like half of the retirees, they feel this, per- I call it perpetual insecurity because they never know how much, even though they've amassed a lot of savings, they don't know, they can't tell you what their income is because the only income they have might be from social security. And so they've got this insecurity when they look at the market, like for instance, last year, if you got a 60, 40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, their traditional you know, mix, so to speak. Sure. You had a horrible year. You know, that portfolio lost double digits last year. It was one of the worst years in history. One of, I believe it was the worst year for bonds. And so if that's what you're relying on for income, I personally would feel, would, I would feel insecure. I would have, anx- I'd have anxiety. And so personally, what I want to do and what I recommend is to set up guaranteed sources of income so you can meet all of your bills without wondering and without any stress about wondering, you know, are your dividend payments going to be strong enough? Is your portfolio going to stay strong enough to give you the income that you need? And so what I like to do is for a piece of your portfolio, let's find some sources of income that are guaranteed. So, you know, you and your husband or your wife are going to have all the money you need. And then other money that's discretionary money. Certainly, we can certainly invest that if you'd like to invest in the market. You can take risk with that money once you've got your bills covered. Um, but personally, I think you can reduce a lot of stress by having some guaranteed sources of income by setting up your own personal pension plan. Well, let's do that, Kevin. And how do we go about doing that? Well, that is exactly where I come in, Steve. And, and I tell you, guys, you know, you know, a lot of people don't realize that um, that company pension plans, you know, for instance, uh, I just learned that UPS, United Parcel Service, uh, apparently is the nation's biggest employer of Teamsters. Um, okay. You know, I didn't very know big that. union, right? Yeah. I did. I I just learned it this week, and uh, I, I was on a website, and I got and a pop up showed up, and it said, "Hey, do you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year driving a truck for us?" We and and you, you pay nothing, no premiums for health care, and you get a pension. And I said, "That doesn't sound too bad." That doesn't sound and, bad and, at all, you know. And 
And apparently the average UPS driver after like four or five years is making almost a hundred grand. Man. Um, again, and a pension and no fee healthcare. <laughs> so now I'm not recruiting for UPS, but if you're looking for a job, you might want to take a look. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I started thinking about it. I said, you know what? A lot of people don't realize that that company pension plans um, are really nothing but a big, big annuity. That's what it is. It's, it just happens to be a group annuity instead of an individual annuity. But that's what's making the payments. That's where the payments are coming from behind the scenes. The structure, the chassis of it is actually an annuity. And an individual can set one of these up for himself or herself. I call it a personal pension plan because it works in that it'll provide you with a guaranteed source of income once, once you get it started, uh, that'll pay you for the rest of your life. Now, it's important to understand all annuities don't have these uh, benefits, okay? They don't all have it. Um, some annuities, you know, they require you to annuitize, lock in the payments, and it's irreversible. Others, they have, they have structures that you can start income when you want it. But if, but if time goes by and you decide you don't need it, you can stop the payments, right? So it's more flexible than, than a lot of them, uh, than a lot of the older ones. So, but it's important to take a look because right now interest rates have gone up. And so they're paying you a lot more than if you took this thing out just a couple of years ago. So I think it's worth taking a look, see if it makes sense for you. It might, it might not, but I know for a lot of my clients, it's a good fit for a piece of their money. Sure. That I mean, again, that, I mean, at times like this, when it's so tumultuous, when it's so, you know, unnerving, as you said, yeah, this is something that uh, will, again, you know, sort of relieve some pressure, if you will. Uh, well, and, and you know, the thing is, you know, the other part of the, some of the research I was reading this week said 51% of, of retirees are living on roughly half of the income that they were making while they worked. Whoa, how do you do that? Well, that's what I said is, is how do you do that? And then the next article I saw was, uh, was about a meal service for uh, retirees that have low incomes and they'll they, you know, they got like meals on wheels where they give you, bring you food and, uh, or you can go in and you can eat a free meal there. And, and I think if you have to live on half the income, uh, you, you might not have the type of retirement that you want. Right. And, and so I think it's important the inf when we look back and we say how much, you know, for a long, long time, we had very low inflation in this country. So I think a lot of people got accustomed to it and had an expectation that it would always stay that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so shocking uh, for all of us seeing this, the amount of inflation we've seen in the last couple of years, because we hadn't seen anything like this in what going back, I think, to the 70s, uh, since we've had this level of inflation. But guys, think about if you want to scare yourself, think about what shape your retirement plan will be in if we continued our inflation at six, seven, eight percent versus two, right? Because what that means is the amount of money you would have to save would double or triple. Oh, all right. Goodness. And, and, and so, when we talk about retirement planning, what we want to do, we sit down, we start off looking at your assets, your liabilities, you know, uh, we're going to look at how much income you have coming in, coming in every month and how much you spend every month. Okay. And, and typically this is where I suggest, you know, a lot of people, one of the when questions is when should I pay off my mortgage? My answer is well before you retire. All right. That's what I suggest. A lot of people don't do it or can't do it. Um, but in my opinion, uh, you're better off paying off that mortgage. Um, you know, the, now, now some people will make the point, they'll make an argument. They'll say, Kevin, my mortgage is at 3%. You know, I think I can make more money in the stock market. And you might very well be able to. Historically speaking, you could. All right. To me, it's more going back to the anxiety and the stress um, that I feel and a lot of people feel uh, when, in terms of how much income you have versus how much expenses you have. And so my strategy, my thinking is that I want to get my bills as absolutely lowest as I possibly can 
when I retire, because we all know that your your bills are only going one direction, right? They're only going higher. Exactly. Your, elect, your electric bill is going higher. Taxes are going higher, right? Healthcare expenses are going higher. And these are all things you're going to have to keep paying in retirement because we all know that Medicare, Medicare is not free, right? Medicare, I guess, I guess you could say it's free, but it only covers 80%. Um, and most people will choose to get a supplement, um, and, and they do have to pay some, you know, out of pocket money for it. So there are, there are expenses for healthcare in retirement that I think we want to be prepared for. And a real good way to do that is to, is to save as much as you can, but also let's find a way to generate some income. I like using annuities because you have a contractual guarantee that they will keep on paying you, even if the account goes to zero. Mm-hmm. And I don't know of any other account that would can, that would do that. Well, no, of course not. So uh, you, here we we went out, but uh, we went out, did some men on the street interviews and stuff. Yeah, and we had one guy, and I want you to listen to this. I know I'm springing it on you, uh, but, but here's what one guy said and what he thinks of annuities. What are your thoughts on annuities? I don't like them. Why? Why do you not like them? Well, annuities t- tend to pay the broker or the salesperson a lot of money and anything that pays a big commission is not generally good for the client. Well, there you go. I mean, th- people have that attitude and it's just wrong. They, they, they do. And I, and I would say it, it's, uh, um, it's an attitude about annuity that the, I believe he's referring to variable annuities. Of that course can't he have, is. And he probably doesn't that, know the difference. No, that's the, and that's the thing that bugs me about it is that, uh, that people, you know, I guess, it seems like a lot of people can hear something in a conversation and then they all of a sudden feel like they're an expert about it. Uh, and, and, and they don't, and, and they don't research it at all. No, you have know? you met my brother? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's the thing, because for instance, I had, I had a meeting yesterday with a client. She has an index annuity that has zero fees. All right. No fees at all. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, there are limitations. I'm not saying there's a perfect solution. There is no perfect solution. All right. But if you're looking for something to manage risk, if you're looking for something that would avoid losses, uh, that that historically has generated decent returns, uh, and when I say decent, I mean let's say six percent, seven percent, but better than you can get in a bank CD. All right, not as good as historical stock market, but you're not taking the risk of losing your money like you are in the stock market. All right, so it's important that that we look at it. But I will say that one of the things about about annuities, and going back to this conversation, if if they if they make a lot of money, it's probably not good for you. The first thing that went to my brain, then then that should mean the end of all the personal injury attorneys out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Because sure. as far as I know, they take like a third of your money, right? Yeah. They don't they don't charge you a dime until they win, and when they win, if they win, then they take a third of your money. That's a pretty big chunk. That is a huge oh, chunk. Over thirty percent, and according to his logic, that wouldn't be any good for the person. So. I, I, I think that everybody owes it to themselves to look into it for yourself. Sit down with somebody that can go over it with you and explain it to you that has expertise, that's fully licensed and, and has a lot of experience dealing with them because there's a lot of different types of annuities, guys. You know, there's fixed, there's variable, and there's index are the three main categories. They, you know, I often say that um, people tend to lump them, as, lump them together like they're the same. And I always say that's like lumping all cars together, like all cars are the same. Right, of course. Of, right? Of course, they're not the same. They have similar characteristics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're definitely not the same. And, and, and it's the same thing with annuities. You know, they have common features, but, um, but they're not all the same. Some of them are, can, can provide you with income that's guaranteed for life, and it might be worth it for you to have that. 
if you'd like to supplement your income. All right. But they have a cost associated with it. And so it's like everything else. Like when you took out insurance, presumably you have insurance on your house in case a natural disaster hits. You had to make a decision about what that was worth to you, right? Yes. How much how much coverage do you want, right? And how much are you willing to pay for it? And you had to make a decision that it's worth it paying for something you might not never you might not ever need. Maybe you get lucky and you never need it. Are you going to say that was a waste of money? Because it gave you it gives you peace of mind, right? And so to me, that's going back to the same thing I mentioned earlier. Let's do whatever we can to reduce stress, reduce anxiety, give you peace of mind, so you can fully enjoy your retirement. And to me, I couldn't stand living in a house if I didn't have homeowner's insurance on it. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. right? just, just like getting, I can't imagine getting in my car and, and forgetting about the law, okay, but getting in my car and driving without having auto insurance on my, you know, if I get in an accident or somebody hits me or something, a, a tire blows out and something terrible happens, I don't want it to devastate me financially. So I'm willing to pay for insurance where I transfer that risk to the insurance company. All right. And the same thing with medical insurance. You know, you, you buy the insurance because it'll prevent, it covers the risk, it covers anything. If it happens to you, you're covered. You're transferring that risk to the insurance company. Guys, it's the same thing with, with an income annuity. You're paying a fee, you're paying a fee to the insurance company to essentially take on that risk so that they will guarantee you this income so that they are helping you address the risk of longevity. What I'm referring to is a long life, all right? And what you want to do, what I suggest you do is, Take a look at, your, at, at, at the longevity in your family. If your family tends to live a long time, like post 85, definitely if you have a lot of people living in your family post 90, uh, you really should take a look at something like an annuity for income. Because as I mentioned, there's nothing else that'll pay you when it goes to zero. But an, a properly written annuity contract, properly set up with an advisor that knows what he's doing, okay, that will take care of you guys. And, and, uh, and, and, and also the other situation, just to mention, um, you, you know, would be is if there's any history of Alzheimer's or dementia in your family, um, you, I would suggest you look at something for income and you should look at something for long-term care as well, like we mentioned earlier. Of course. And, and so one of the things that we've talked about this before, Kevin, and, and I actually dug into it a little bit after we talked about it the first time, I'm talking about laddering annuities. I mean, that, I mean, you explained it so well. And, and again, it's just, it, that's the kind of thing where, all right, that's a strategy that makes sense to me. And you know what? And I, and I, I really appreciate that, Steve. And I think that it, it, it can be a very effective strategy for a lot of people. And, and what, what Steve's referring to, something I've talked about a few times on the show is, is that there are strategies in finance that we call laddering. And so you can, do, you can build financial ladders using CDs or bonds. And let's, let's just keep it with CDs to, to keep it simple. Let's sure. say you put money into a CD right now, right? And you can get, I don't know, 4% or whatever it might be. Um, and so you can take advantage of today's interest rates, today's economy. And the idea behind laddering is that you have these things mature at different points in time so that you can take advantage of the current economy at that time. So in other words, you'll be able to take advantage of interest rates, like if you have one that matures in three years and then in five years and in seven years, let's say, so that each of those points in time, you could then reinvest into another vehicle based on the interest rates at that time. And so what it does with regard to laddering annuities the reason I like to, I, I recommend that is due to inflation, right? So, mm -hmm. so we all know, we've, let's say you got a set amount of income, maybe you get three grand coming in, right? Maybe that's fine now, but maybe five years from now, maybe you need a little bit more than three grand. And so if we put, we build annuities, separate contracts, right? That all have these income guarantees. 
And then you can, what it does is allows it. Let's say you had five of them, right? Yeah. And what it would do is maybe every two or three years, you start the income from another policy, let the other ones continue to grow because each year you wait, the income grows bigger, right? Yeah. And so what that would do is that gives you the ability every few years to turn on another stream of income. Like in my case, I'm looking at four or 500 bucks a month that I can, that I can generate with each additional uh, vehicle. And so every few years I can give myself a raise of another four or $500 a month. And, and so to me, um, that's my plan for dealing with inflation, for dealing with increased costs. And if costs don't, if costs don't go up that much and I don't need it, well, fantastic. Then I've, then I've got extra money, right? Yeah. Uh, but to me, that's a good strategy to help deal with anticipated inflation and to provide you guaranteed income that will keep paying you for as long as you live, even if you live to be past 100 years old, you know, like a lot of people are apparently doing these days. Apparently they do. But I, whole, I like that whole idea of being able to turn on income in, in, you know, in stages. And, and it's just that just makes so much sense to me. And, and to, because what you're to me, you're taking advantage of, of the current situation, whatever that might be. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is, we, none of us can predict the future, right? No. We have no, no way of knowing where the economy will be, where interest rates will be, you know, years down the road. And so the, the, the idea to me is, is to give you, give you that flexibility and, and the confidence in knowing that you've got these other sources of income you can generate whenever, really whenever you want to. The benefit to letting them grow, as I mentioned, is that the, the longer you put, you could start all of them right away if you wanted to. Um, you know, and, and maybe you'll have, maybe there's another strategy. Maybe you put the extra money in the bank. I don't know. Um, but I like it. I like the idea because you can start it in stages at different points in time. You generate additional income. The key to remember though, with these is that these are like that private or like that pen. They're like the pension plan from work, right? Yep. You got to think of it as a source of income. You can't think of it as a source of funds for anything else. Okay. In other words, the money that goes into these, you need to leave it alone. You don't want to tap it or withdraw it for anything until you start that monthly check, because that's what's going to pay you that personal pension. That's your personal pension. And so you don't want to think of it as an asset for anything else other than providing you that retirement income. And then the other accounts that you have, you know, those are funds, you know, we, we do for other things. Of course, you have your emergency savings, hopefully in a money market or savings account, right? And then you could have longer term growth money, let's say in a stock and bond portfolio that I'd be happy to manage for you as well. So these are the things that I do for my clients. The difference from one to another is the amount that they put in one versus the other based on time frame or risk tolerance or something. But these, to me, I believe are the ingredients that would set you up for a very comfortable retirement. Well, I completely agree, Kevin. And, and again, the and I know we kind of cover some ground here, but so and I know we're almost out of time, but I want to ask one more question having to do with long-term care. And I'm going to put a when in front of it. When do we start planning for long-term care? Is there an optimal time? And I'm guessing it might be earlier than later. It, yeah, you, you, did, you did hit that on the head. Earlier is definitely better than later. And, and it depends on what type of, what type of plan you're going to put in place for long-term care. Like, okay, the traditional long-term care insurance where you, where you pay, a, you know, you pay a monthly premium, it guarantees you such and such a benefits. Um, you know, those are the, that's the one that, you know, you, you might pay for it and never need it just like auto insurance, homeowners insurance, like we talked about before. Um, but so, so that case definitely you're better off starting it younger, maybe at the age of 50 instead of let's say 60, because your health is going to be better. You, you're you're pro most likely your health is better. You're probably going to get much better underwriting terms. Maybe you get a super preferred status where 
Maybe if you wait until later in life, maybe you just get a standard status. And what that means is that they, they would charge you more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the benefit to starting earlier is that you're probably in better health and could get a better deal. Um, however, if you're looking at asset based, uh, meaning you have money put set aside that we can dedicate towards long-term care. Um, I, w- I would say that probably a good time to be doing that would be in the early sixties is, you know, you, right. could certainly, you could certainly do it sooner. Um, but I think the fact, fact of the matter is most people, most people aren't, most people aren't thinking about their own mortality really in my view, Not so much. Um, you know, when they're, when they're much younger. Than well, that. of course, folks, if you want to learn more, 800-975-6717 is the number 800-975-6717, or just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. Don't forget the book, the millionaire's guide to tax-free money for long-term care. Kevin, this is always fun to, to do these shows with you. I know we ramble along, but, but again, I always learn things about you and, and, and certainly about retirement planning. Oh, no, no. You know what? I, I, I hope I hope that's the case for everybody out there listening. I appreciate that, Steve, that, you know, so, sometimes I can I can ramble a little bit, but I hope you find the information useful and helpful. And uh, if you have any questions, certainly feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'd be happy to talk to you, answer any questions you have and uh, happy to help in any way that I can. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.